Welcome, 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 everyone, to another Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. Big day, Jeremy. Big day about some small little rule changes. Uh-oh, you're shaking your head already? I'm not shaking my head. I just... Uh, They're one of the greatest uh, things. The pitch clock is one of the greatest things that has ever, ever happened to the game. Ever. Is that it? No, I'm just, I got thinking about the Dodgers and Shohei as soon as I said it, Jackie Robinson, that kind of reference. But anyways. You know, my um, my thought on the pitch clock is is not that we didn't need one. My thought on the pitch clock at the time, because, uh, I look, I'm not a fan of the swings and misses and foul balls. Four-hour baseball games are boring for keeping the guys playing them. It's, it's not, no one wants to do that. Um my thought on the pitch clock was that we needed more time to transition into it to protect against injuries. That was my thought on the pitch clock. And we talked about that before we saw guys go down. Is it related to the pitch clock? Who knows? But we saw guys go down, right? Um, today, I, you know, I thought that the pitch clock went up a couple seconds with guys on base Looks like it went down. It did. It went down because they found out that minor league baseball, it was taking about 17 seconds. So they went from what? 20 to 18. Yeah. 20 to 18. Because according to MLB pitchers began their deliveries with an average of 7.3 seconds remaining on the 22nd timer. And, um, oh yeah. A universal 17 second clock used for the final month of the triple a season did not increase violations with runners on base. So that's how they came up with 18. I think they felt like, well, we're not going to push the envelope too much by one second. We'll yeah. just, we'll just compromise. But, uh, as you're well, probably aware, the players, um, not exactly, uh, thrilled by all this. Well, I, I think that, I think that two things, I think number one, 20 to 18 is negligible. So, you know, to me, if it's a rule change, it makes up a few minutes a night. I get it. But we're not talking about zero to 20. That was a big deal. Right. And so um, it's not enough of a change to matter in my mind. Now, from the Players Association, um, you know, they're looking at it from a health standpoint and they're thinking like, you know what, we don't want to um, we don't know enough yet to go ahead and let this particular thing happen. Again, another adjustment. Again, it's been one year. Give us more window. I understand the data on, on MLB side. This is one of those things where I'm kind of like, all right, I kind of get what you say and I, I hear you. The data on MLB side to me says what you just said. You have the information in front of you, 17 seconds. Not as a, fine. I get what the players are saying too. Because you don't want guys getting hurt and you don't want them to be in a situation. Where I like to have enough information before you make changes. Um, you know, unfortunately for the players, and they've articulated this multiple times, they don't have enough seats on the committee. And it basically anything ML wants to do passes, right? So um, it passed. That one part of it, to me, it's it's negligible, but I understand both sides. We can add a little bit more here, you know, and 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 all of this, by the way, goes back to the root cause, something I feel like I've said we've said, I and you, and a lot of other people actually, but you and me, because that's the bubble we live in, um, have said publicly that the way they were playing the game was not good. Swings and misses and foul balls and walks and, you know, a bunch of rocking deliveries and back and forth. And, hey, man, if you want to do that, that's great. But, you know, um, Shohei Otani is the best thing that ever happened to the Dodgers of all time. This one hasn't received as much play or attention 
that was my that was my Castellanos thing. I think that's gonna be my new one. You know, is Shohei Otani is the best thing ever happened in Dodger baseball. Sorry. Yeah. Do we really want to talk about that? I have no problem talking about that. It is. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, and I'm going to speak in general terms here because it's not easy to do what we do as Jeremy continues to laugh. I do think that sometimes some people might be rushed to positions that maybe they're not ready for. Oh, you mean so they're not qualified? I didn't say that. Okay, I did. I didn't say that. <laughs> I said it. And I know this because when you when you plucked me from the pile of of what to teach me this craft, right? I listened. I listen to you now. I paid attention. I didn't put my say what I wasn't supposed to. We're very quickly seven years into this ba this bad boy called Bristol and Booth, right? We're, we're seven years into this thing. It wasn't always like this. It wasn't always as special and fun and gifted and talented and all the things that go with it. It wasn't, you know, now the eyes were always blessed by God, apparently, but for everything else, you know, we had, we had some, we had to build into this, you know, and, and I think that when, um, and I, I don't want to, you know, I'm gonna put my Kanye. I'm gonna put my Kanye on. So I'm gonna let you finish. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm all. I'm in it tonight. I'm in the the, the zone of other places. When you make comments like that, how, how do you get a microphone again? That, that's the, the the most important signing in sports, not just the Dodgers, but in sports, was the man that broke the color barrier. I, there's just no way around it. And it happens to be his organization. I'm going to back up now. I'm going to go defer to you. But I sat there like this, man, for a couple of days. What's that SpongeBob gif? You know, the one he's got his head down? He goes, yeah, I'm going to head out. <laughs> That's what I was at. All right, I'm done. I'm done. The... Uh... Person in question has really not addressed it at all. Um, is it possible that he thought, okay, LA Dodgers and we're not talking Brooklyn Dodgers. I know that their franchise is the same. I mean, it's the same, but um, I, I just, I operate and you know how I operate. I double, triple check things like to the point sometimes where it, it um it's probably not healthy and believe me i've made mistakes we've all made mistakes but i that that's a tough one that's a tough one have you ever but, I mean, but again he's not a reporter though he's a he's a personality who is supposed to give hot takes so certainly the bar is a little different from what i do and what he does so, listen. I appreciate you giving the man the benefit of the doubt, but let's. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna go into into names because I, I think we. No one has to. We know. We're all know. I mean, eleven million people saw that thing by the time I stopped looking at it. Like I'm quite certain it got out there. Okay. Um, 
But I'm going to say this. T-shirts, ripped jeans, walking through people's shots while they're filming in the postseason, jumping in front of people to ask dumb questions. And I'm saying they're dumb questions because I've listened to them. And I'm, I've listened to them and I've been at these things and I'm like, man, can you, oh, oh. You know, and, and look, you know, you're not supposed to do that, but when you keep piling on with it and then you got this entourage, that walks around with you, worshiping the ground you walk on because you happen to, who, um, have, I don't know what, I don't know what the, I mean, honestly, when I saw the clip, I didn't really see the clip. I just said, that's another dumb thing. I'm just going to keep moving. And then I looked at it, I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. You know, because, you know, what, what Ben doesn't realize is, is that, and it's absent-minded, it wasn't intentional. It was absent-minded. It wasn't an intentional slight. That's not what he was doing. Um, it was absent-minded, it was clueless, and it wasn't connected to reality. And people that look like me, or people that look like the guy that he was celebrating as the biggest signing, don't get a chance to even get a uniform without the one he ignored. It's tough. Um I don't feel for the person because there's been nothing said since then. There's been not, no omission. There's been, he's had major leaguers pile on. He's had guys coming all over the industry, not a sound. And I think that's where I'm going with. Sometimes I wonder, I always think preparation has a big, you mentioned some of your issues that we have seen with our two and two eyes, four eyes together. It happens. It's just that um, I think that people who have experience, they kind of know kind of the mores of what goes on in our industry and are a little more cognizant of it. So um, I, I just think that sometimes I think people are maybe rushed to places that they are not ready for yet but you know that's uh i don't begrudge anyone i mean we all take our different paths i mean some people get through the minor leagues in seven years some people get through them in two some people get through them in five some people get through them in five weeks i'm not begrudging anyone i just um it's just uh i just sometimes i think that there is something to be said for experience and having a sense of experience and what it can do for someone perspective, I guess. Yes. What, what it can do for someone's perspective. So let, let me, let me say it this way. And, and I, I think Gosh, this is not even where we were going to go with that's this. That's okay. It's okay. It's what we, we got stuff to talk about. We should, I mean, this is, this is, this is something that resonated across millions and millions and millions of people that, I mean, you know, somebody said, you know, watching the ratio, right? Like you got like, you know, 12 million people, 11 million people, whatever it was that saw it at like seven likes, like that's, that's a problem. Okay. And, and I know when you don't want to judge or stuff like that, but guys like, like that people like that, that's how they're judged. He's judged by followers. He's judged by likes because that's his, that's his thing, right? That's his thing. It's like, it's almost like other personalities out there who may, you know, make stuff up to go ahead and, 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 and get a fan base moving on them and try to, you know, and, and then, and then, you know, just run away from any kind of consequences. You know, some people do that. But other people do this and, and they and they do it on social media and they do it with with this kind of weird 
and it is weird. And I don't mean, I don't have another way to say it because I just don't, can't explain it besides, and you know me, man, I'm not at a loss of words very often, but this one is like weird. It's just a weird dynamic watching that walk around. It's an arrogance. It is a um, entitlement. It is a few different things that I think we can talk about from a approach standpoint is let's say that an approach standpoint, because I don't know the person that I'm talking about person to person. So I'm not going to talk about character and I'm not, I'm, what I'm talking about is the presence in the environments that we're in and the presence, the environments we're in says entitled, says disrespectful, says uh, buffoonish. It says, is buffoonish a word? If it is now, it, it says a lot of things that you and I would look at, have looked at each other as, and, and, and everybody else in the room has looked at each other and gone, I mean, please don't, please don't come by me. Just go do something else, please. Whatever you do, you know, um, it's a, it's being tolerated instead of being respected. Um, and it's sad because the guy played, he's got some experience. He's got some stuff that, that he could probably bring to the table, but he's so into this, this fanboy stick and he's so into, well, I'm just going to say it. He's into my brother, this, my brother, that, my guy, my, he's into, he's just not objective in what he does. Heck, at the best, worst case scenario, he should stay away from talking about his brother. He shouldn't do any of that stuff. It's his brother, right? You got, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to get into that situation where you're that big of a, it's anyway, it's not my, it's not my battle to fight. It was definitely something that went across social media and went across media platforms. Cause that thing was sent to me probably 65, 70 times around the country. It's like, did you see this? Are you going to comment on this? Of course I saw it. Of course I saw it. All right, let's get back to the pace of uh, play. It's interesting within the Major League Baseball announcement, it mentioned that the average nine-inning game from April to September, did you see this? I didn't. I didn't. The didn't average nine-inning game increased seven minutes from April to September. So it seems like wow. that's really what, is prompting baseball to do something more. Why would that happen though? Do they say why? Well, just that it did. Five minutes after controlling for the number of pitchers, breaks, and runs scored. Five minutes after controlling. That's I don't know what that that's interesting, Jason. That's really interesting. Maybe because there's more meaningful baseball later in the year, and obviously there's more moves to be made and so it went from what? It went from two hours and what, 36 30, to two hours and 43? A, yeah, something like that. I mean, they didn't have the times, but. You know, anything under a three-hour baseball game is is good. It's it's a good deal. Um, I will say this. I, I, I don't think anybody on either side, meaning the players and the player association, disagrees that the need for action back in the game is important. I understand the players association's role is to protect their players, period. Not just the ones that are in the big leagues, but the ones in the minors and the ones underneath that that are coming through. From a major league baseball standpoint, they also want to protect their players. They also want to protect the fan engagement. And they all, these guys all have different, the, the same really, you know, they all have the same concepts that they'd like to see. They have different ideas about how to do it. But the players want people in the seats. Major league baseball owners want people in the seats, right? Uh, major league baseball uh, doesn't want to, the owners don't want to pay people to be hurt on the DL. And the players want to stay on the field. Seems to me they agree on these things, how they get there and maybe splits of what that financials would look like that uh, is different. But at the end of the day, 
I, I got to stop saying that. I hate that. I, I really started to hate that saying. At the um, end of the day? Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, fi- and the Even final, though we are doing this at the end of the day, but anyways. In the final analysis, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, anything under three hours is, is a good pace, and, and they'll continue to find ways to do it, and they can. The one they did make that I liked was the base widening thing at first base. Yep. The, the yep. lane. I, I thought that way too long. That took way too long. So I'm glad that, that is, uh, that's in there. I thought that was necessary. Buffoonish is a word, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Good. It applies. Uh, trades. You know, you've always said prospects are suspects. And I don't know how this populated on one of my social media feeds, but it was from at Philly's tailgate talking about the JT Real Muto trade from 2019. And they said, it's pretty incredible how bad this trade worked out for the Marlins. So Real Muto goes to the Phillies. The Marlins get Sixto Sanchez, who's pitched one inning in the bigs, maybe just one inning, who's one inning pitched since 2020. Jorge Alfaro, DFA'd multiple times, signed a minor league deal with the Cubs. Will Stewart never made it to the majors and didn't get selected in the Rule 5 draft. So Sixto Sanchez has pitched one late, one uh, inning in the big leagues since 2020. And I got thinking about the Justin Verlander trade and Drew Gilbert and Clifford and so many people saying, oh, that's too much and too much. But it, it, let's be honest, most of these deals do not work out for for the teams that accumulate prospects. I mean, Verlander's first time around, Jake Rogers for the Tigers, he's developed into something, but Daz Cameron oozing tools, but has not been able to find consistency. Franklin Perez was never healthy. So, I mean, you know, Zach Greinke trade, any of those guys other than Josh Rojas has done anything. Garrett Cole trade, Joe Musgrove, yes. Musgrove has been a dude, but that was not with the Pirates. For the most part, he's been a dude with the Padres. So it just, uh, as I get older now uh, and I have uh, a more um, worldly view of some of these baseball trades, man, I'm all for getting rid of Very rarely do these guys seem to hit. And it's funny, the ones that, and maybe I'm just speaking from the Astros perspective, sometimes it's the players in these minor deals Josh Fields for Jordan Alvarez, Jeff Bagwell for Larry Anderson. I mean, those weren't mega deals and look how they turned out. But still, I think once again, it's a very important lesson, no matter which way you want to look at it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, prospects are suspects. And if you can acquire star power, you do it because the the percentages and granted, I haven't, I don't have them concrete, but at least the eye test tells me that go do it. Because in most cases, I would say 75% of those cases, those prospects will not come back to bite you. Um, <clears throat> This is an incredibly difficult game to play. It's just sum it up like that. And if you're achieving at the highest level, there's a cost for that to happen sometimes it's 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 monetary on contracts sometimes it's organization organization it's incredibly difficult to do and um that's why you and i say constantly no matter what we're talking about players these guys are some best in the world 
We always qualify it with that because they are. They're the best in the world at this thing. And, and we wouldn't have we wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't relevant. Right. Um, you know, that that said, clubs have gotten real good or even overprotective with players like Alvarez and Abel. They just don't want to part with it um, in lots of different ways or for lots of different reasons. Um, I, I think we're looking at a place, though, where you've got the free agent market that's been ridiculously slow. You've got things where they don't want, you know, Yamamoto's now holding things up, right? And you've got two teams, maybe three, that are really, really in the mix. Dodgers, Yankees, and potentially the Mets. Red Sox are out, Phillies are out, Giants are out. Um, you know, and and I, I don't understand why that is. These guys got to go sign players. There's lots of players that don't affect, that Yamamoto doesn't affect. Um, but they've gotten into a place in MLB where they don't want to draft a bunch of guys. That's 20 rounds, Okay. They want as much information as possible. Understand that. Um, they want to see good talent against good talent. Understand that. Um, and they're eliminated affiliates. Don't quite understand that. Also, I understand the business side of why they would do it. Don't think it's necessarily the right move. Just, but that's not my call. That's between them and the players' association, right? You guys got to figure that out. So, um, in, in my view, um. Clubs have have diminished their pool to pull from. And so giving up those type of players, even ones you think could be something, become much harder because the cost, it's like supply and demand. Supply is less because you don't have as many affiliates or places to pull from. That means the cost is more expensive. And clubs don't want to pay on the other side. For a business, for an industry that's very business driven when it comes to assets and dollars and stocks and value and valuations, any number of things, right? Um to not understand that's a supply and demand thing when you don't take, when you take away affiliates, again, it's not, I'm a dog in a fight. It's not up to me. That's up to them. When you have, um, uh, take away affiliates and you take away jobs. Some of that, I understand because some of those were wasted. Okay. Some of those were not. Some of those had players like a Jeff Bagwell or Jordan Alvarez on their roster because they weren't ready to move up and look what happens to the game when you have them. So, um, you're right. I agree with you. You're not wrong in, in any of it. I, I, uh, I'm curious to see what the industry really expects because certainly here in Houston, if you're trying to trade, you don't have anything to trade from unless it's off the big league roster. If you're trying to trade, um, giving up stuff in the systems and bringing anything back, no matter what the bloggers and tweeters decide they're going to say. Um, if you decide to give up Alex Bregman, you're not going to turn around and replace him from somebody in double A who's 26, no matter what the bloggers and tweeters say. So, um, I think I think that's what you, you're in an interesting spot in the game where having these trades make sense in some ways, and then you're not going to be able to see ones get done just because there isn't another supply behind them. And now, looking ahead, big big news for Program 15 New Balance Future Star Series. Two of your largest events, would that be safe to say? Two most say important. Yeah, I've got scouts are now in Texas. Um, scouts are reaching out from all over uh, the industry about both of these. Everybody's happy. Um, there's a lot that's coming in the new year. Let's say that in the new year that um, impacts us positively, that impacts the game positively. Um, but we're able to be a part of that, what's coming forward. And that's great. Um, a, 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 I would venture to say a, a, a big piece of it. And not, I don't think that's overstating it. I think that uh, all, all the groups, all the things that are coming as far as what they're doing, you know, individually and collectively, um, 
have a lot that that's going to be impactful. I mean, if it really is, it's got some good steps. Part of our step, however, was being able to take a, a, a never before done event, at least in this scale, and put it in Globe Life. And and that is the New Balance Future Star series. That's your uh... showdown. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a head. So that's the one with the junior colleges. Correct. So you've got um, six. Six teams. Yeah. Six well, of the. You've got San Jack. Yep. You've got Blinn. You've yep. got Navarro. You've yep. got New Mexico. Yeah. So five junior colleges. Five. Okay. For now, that'll expand next year. What kind of baseball do you expect? And Good how baseball. many how many scouts do you expect to be there? A couple hundred. I mean, if if it's a if from what I've been able to tell, anywhere from two fifty. Uh, let me take that back. One seventy five to three hundred. All right. So the JUCO showdown is at Globe Life, and yes, then coming I, to Minute Maid. Yeah, Minute Maid is the main event. And the main that's event. done in, par in partnership with the city of Houston. Um, it, it's in a it's in a, a very special place for all of us that live here in, in our backyard. We spent some time there, a couple of days. Yeah. So with um, the main event for those who are new to the podcast or just don't like Jeremy, the main event. <laughs> the main event features the top prospects from around the country, and then from around the world. In some cases, yeah. In I mean, some cases. We have a Caribbean classic that's now in um, um, uh, in Dominican. It was, you know, it was International Week for a while. When you and I connected, it was International Week. Oh, classes. so now it's just Caribbean then? Uh, well, yeah, the Caribbean class. So mainly baseball in two. No, no, I meant the for the for the main event. Main event? No, it's U.S. players, domestic yeah. players. Draft. Oh, it's eligible. all the U.S. Some Canadian, some Puerto Rican, but it's just it's all draft eligible players. Boy, now I need to all now I need to edit this all out. <laughs> Why? I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's all it's all draft eligible guys in the main event, and then the Caribbean Classic. So Major League Baseball um, passed the rule in 2020 because some other some other groups not named Future Star Series were breaking scouting rules during the pandemic, holding okay? oh. events at places and not following the rules that were being set out because they were loopholes. Major League Baseball then passed a rule that said um, international uh, signees, players who signed internationally, could not participate in a Major League stadium unless MLB gave approval. Okay. And so they gave me the heads up before the event, because the event was already in motion. Um, remember that was in 2020. And for those of you that don't know, we were the first game in a major league stadium with fans in, in the pandemic. We did it. Okay. Then MLB went, did it right. Not too far after that, but we did it first. And so they gave me the heads up about the events. So we were able, you know, we, we did it in a way that, uh, um, you know, was able to be executed, but the, the the international kids played in the double A park. They didn't play in the big league park, right? So from then on, we just created the Caribbean Classic, and now we have the Caribbean Classic, and now we have the main event. And the main event is all domestic players, right? So it's all you, it's all uh, draft eligible players, meaning players that are eligible to be drafted, whether they're the current draft or you're back. Um, you know, and last year a family was great. And so those teams actually rolled over into the event at Globe Life, which is in a few weeks in, in uh, you know, in the middle of January. Uh, but the main event, City of Houston has been great. <clears throat> it has been at Fenway Park. It's been at City Field. I feel it has a permanent home here. I, I, permanent, I really? Permanent home? Yeah, I think, yeah, at least at least for the foreseeable future. I can't see us moving it. Um, you know, they've been they're so they're great over there at Houston Sports Commission. 
I, I think I'll, Harris County, is, Houston Sports Authority. Yep. Correct. I mean, yeah. I mean, this was all them, by the way. It was all. The, I'm going to say that it was all uh, the connections over there, the people over there that wanted this event as they bring more events to Houston for for the uh, just the city itself and for you know high school sports down here are massive, right? So I mean, this could be something that's really awesome to do it in this in this spot. Um, you know, but the Astros, you know, it, it's been a changing of the guard, and and it, I'm not talking about James Click. I, JC was all all about this stuff. I saw him in Nashville and, you know, you spent some time with him and he's, he's, he's in a good place. And James was, you know, it was actually kind of fun to see James away from the, the yard for a little bit, you know, to visit with him. But um, Dana's all about it. And um, Derek Ladner is going to, is all about it. Dijon Watson's all about it. And the guys in that department that have been around, you know, I, I was in Nashville and even Evan Brandon said hello to me. And I thought that was great. You know, so something Evan wouldn't have done before, by the way, but he was like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Evan? How you doing? You know, so you look at those type of things and you think maybe that the scouting culture is a little bit different, um, that they want to get back to players. Certainly Jim Crane has shown an aversion to spending over the uh, luxury tax, right? We get into that deal. So the more events they can have and the more things they can do with high level prospects to get better looks at them in their ballpark, I'm sure they're going to want to do. And I think that's part of what this is for them. So you know, it's uh, they were in support. Houston County, Harris County, Harris County, Houston Sports Commission made no, sure that Harris County, done. Houston Sports Authority, New Sports Authority. Sorry, uh, Harris County, Houston Sports Authority got that done. And, you know, some big thanks to uh, to, to Daniel and Chris and Janice and the whole crew over there. At what point, um, how far along are you in the selection process for that? I mean, how how many players have you say earmarked for that event at this point? How many, what, were 10 months away from it? I would say zero. Okay. But I would say we've got about 80 to 90 invites to the summer combines, which is selection events, at Vanderbilt. Those are at Vanderbilt. And so I will say this, Tim Corbin and staff cleared their entire schedule in the month of July to accommodate one New Balance Baseball Future Star Series. We're very thankful to Vandy. Um pretty it's an iconic place tim's corp's done a great job and um you know, he's been he's been very special to me and how him and maggie how they've treated me um and how they've embraced what we've done and and um yeah i mean as far as i'm concerned that's how this rolls this is at vandy in the summer and this is it you know minute made and then globe life after that and i know the rangers want this stuff they want it for a long period of time so i have i'd have a hard time seeing the current formula change including the jv event being at fenway park which, you know, the Red Sox baseball operations tried really hard to get us, you know, to have us have the full weekend there for years. Mike Rickard championed it, Devin Pearson and the baseball ops just wasn't meant to be with the business side. Just what they just weren't into. It wasn't meant to do um, anything close in our, in my mind to what this event has earned and to be here in, in Texas is, is my backyard. So um, excited to keep the underclass lead up at Fenway and, and we've got uh Another event, the Underclass Premier of Fresh 50, that'll be at um, uh, uh, Delta Dental, not, uh, not Delta Dental, uh, Dunkin' Donuts Park, home of the Hartford Yard Goats. And Delta Dental will also have part of the Underclass Elite as well as Boston College. So we've got a couple things going on up there. Got a couple things going on down here. Um, and I'm excited. I'm, a, I'm actually in a very calm, and Jason, we know each other really well, and I don't mind saying this stuff on camera. I'm in a very calm place right now when it comes to this company i'm focused i'm ready to roll forward i'm ready to help players i'm ready to achieve um and, and, and give everything i have and get back on the road and do it again and and 
I haven't felt that way in a while. I haven't felt that way in a while. So I'm I'm excited to 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 have this piece with uh, Mike Landis and, and Jeremy Hamilton and Pat Murphy and and Duquette, Jim Duquette and Bobby Evans and uh, you know the entire crew, everybody. I mean, there's so I could keep going. The entire leadership crew, Jason, just. You know, everybody here that works here has done a great job. Uh, Brian, Renee, they all do. They all do great jobs. You know, when it comes to doing what they're supposed to do. And my cousin Ryan, who's going to be moving to Houston to run Houston operations, right? So it's become a little bit of a family affair. I'm pretty pumped up about all this. I'm I'm a little bit biased because it's our city and we only have a few minutes left. But I would think Houston, the setting of it, would be an excellent spot for an event like this because. You've got the nearby hotels, you've got a lot of restaurants, and you've got a lot of um, ancillary things around the area that when the kids and their families aren't playing, there's a lot of things to go do and see away from the ballpark when you're not playing. And I imagine there's some cities where it's not that easy to do those things um, based on where the ballparks are. So I think that's a win-win for you. That's just, again, my, I guess, biased opinion, having lived here in Houston now for seven years and we've gone and visited a lot of, a lot of places. And yes, I know major league stadiums are typically in areas that um, they build up around the stadium, but uh, I don't know. I just think it's a good, uh, a nice mixture of, of, of things that people can do and see when they're here competing and, and participating in your events. I've been here 16 years. I'm in my 16th year. Okay. And I got to tell you, um, <clears throat> this is, this, I mean, this is, this is just home. It's home now. You know, that's what it is. You, you don't hear that long and it's not home. Um, I agree. I'm looking forward to the hotels right across the street from the ballpark. I'm looking forward to Biz's Biz's restaurant. We talked about that with him. We saw him underneath at the stadium. So, um, you know, he's never there. Unless, but I'm sure if we tell him, hey, hey Biz, you're going to come by, he'll come by. You know, I mean, those guys are and, and bags and Bagwell will, too. And so will the Astros crew. I mean, it's it's a good um, it's a good setup. And and I, and I owe those guys over at the Harris County Houston Sports Authority um, a, a big round of thanks. And Jason, I might as well say this now, you and I. Yeah. Along with some other special guests and friends in the Houston community will be at the Houston Sports Awards. Yeah. We will be there as guests. We're not going to be there as working it or covering it we're going to be rolling down that red carpet my man well we're going to be doing our thing a double check but i think we'll be okay so <laughs> all right everybody that's uh with two minutes to spare here on our pitch clock uh we've got to go uh as always really nothing controversial in this in this episode but um want, want me to try no me not one? yet maybe next all right. time all right everybody okay. uh this is probably our last our last podcast of the year now we let's might do one let's do one next week all right, I'm, I'm sure off, so I have stop. to do it at my house, but that's okay. So, all right, everybody, for Jeremy, I'm Jason. Until next time, thanks for watching and listening, and we'll talk to you next time.